TVCC. It's another Sunday that God is blessed. Aren't we glad about it? Come on, somebody. Let's just begin to praise God for His goodness. For Him being God and God all by Himself. Isn't that good news? Oh, I know it is. I know it is. This morning, this morning, we just want to thank all of those who joined us on yesterday for WOPP, Women of Powerful Prayer. God blessed us, and if you did not uh, join in, you can do so uh, this week, not even, even today, uh, by going to Greater Vision Christian Church uh, Facebook page, and you can find it there. Um, God blessed us with the word for, for the women, for the women, as we continue to inspire and to endure um, going out of this season, the season of 2020. To God be the glory. Uh, it's offering time, it's offering time. And as we began to prepare for our offering, I, I, I ask and a plead of you to go in prayer for this city, for this state, for all cities, all states, for this world. For we are going through a time in which we truly need those who can get a prayer through to God. Mm -hmm. Those who even need to try and see if you can get a prayer through to God. We, we need you. We need you because this is truly a praying time. And we need to talk to the Father on the behalf of this world, for we need him. We need him. We need him to, to, to see about us in this time. So now as we go into this offering time, we want to just praise him. And through praising him, we want to give back just a portion uh, of what he's blessed us with. So let's do that at this time, at this time. Remember, we can't beat God's giving. No matter how we try, we just can't beat it. You can go to our website, www.greatervisionchristianchurch.com, or you can use Cash App, dollar sign, Greater Vision 1 2, and you can give there. To God be the glory. Let us just go to the throne of grace now. Oh, gracious and all-wise God, we come now thanking you, oh God, for allowing us to be givers. Lord, we just say thank you for the many blessings that you've blessed us with, blessings seen and blessings unseen. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. Now, oh, Heavenly Father, we pray that as we have planted our seeds into, into believing soil, trusting soil, fertile soil, because we have given back unto thee. We pray, O oh God, that we will stand still now, stand still in anticipation, waiting to receive that which you, O oh Heavenly Father, know that we stand in need of. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Oh, it's a glorious day. It's a wonderful time because we get to focus on the word together. Oh, we get to get into this good news <clears throat> together. 
<clears throat> God is a, a God of promise and he has promised that he will take care of us, that he will supply our needs. So don't get weary in well-doing. Oh, just wait on him. Wait on him. Oh, the morning is coming. The morning is coming. And when it comes, it comes just like the fresh dew. Oh, it refreshes us because he brings us what is needed is delivered to us. And we can rejoice. It's word time. It's word time. It is truly word time. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to first go with me to John 11. John 11. <clears throat> and then we're going to Romans 14. John 11. <clears throat> and then Romans 14. <clears throat> John 11, we'll be reading verse 26. Verse 26. And it says, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Now let's go to Romans 14, round verse 8. <clears throat> Romans 14 and verse 8. And it says, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Let us pray. Oh God, our God, how excellent is thy name. So Lord, we come now with humble hearts. Just want to say thank you. For it's another day that you have blessed and you have afforded us the opportunity to hear your word. So now, oh Heavenly Father, they the ears that are open to receive, O oh Heavenly Father, we pray right now, God, prick their hearts. Prick their hearts that they will become true believers. That they might become doers. Then, O oh God, this humble vessel, use this vessel. No more, Gwen, but all of thee. Allow your Holy Spirit to take control. That your word may go forth. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> As I pondered, asking God, what will you have me to tell your people? In this season, this time. And, and he said to me, I need you to tell my people 
that I know that they're about to celebrate my son's birth. And some months shortly after, they, they will be celebrating his death, his burial, and resurrection. He said, but I want you to tell them that I've seen the tears. I've heard the prayers. And I've heard their praises. He said, I've seen all that they have endured in this season of 2020 and proud. He said, but tell them. I need them to know that this is not the way the story ends. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. He said, tell them that just as my son was born, lived, preached, was bruised, tormented, died, and rose again. He said, tell them that's the story. And that just as my son Jesus, they too were born. And they're, they've been given a life to live. But they got to become disciples. They got to share the word. Oh, he said, tell them they're going to get bruised. Both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. He said, but tell them if they just stay true to the word. Keep the faith. Then just as Jesus, he said, tell them when death comes, that they can say, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. He said, tell them there is an ending an ending of what they know as life here on earth. But because of their faith and they're not giving up just as it was with Jesus. He said, tell them death will not be the end of their story, but the beginning of a story. He said, tell them for there is life after death. And if you live right, he said, tell them that I said, the great I am said, heaven belongs to them. Oh, can I get a witness this morning? Somebody ought to be ready to bear witness this morning. And so we asked the question, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? Isn't it amazing how people always remember the bad things you've done? When we look at the Bible, we find that Peter's denial was remembered, not so much his preaching at Pentecost. David sinned with Bathsheba, not him bringing the ark home. 
Jonah running from God, not his preaching. Eve sin as opposed to her beginnings. You see, the world remembers the bad things that we have done. But the good news is that there is a God who forgives us. Oh, yes, there is. And Psalms 103 says to us, as far as the earth, oh, yes, as far as we are. As far as it is. You know, the east is from the west. He says that so far had he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. So, so what do you want to be remembered for? What legacy do you want to leave behind? Not, not giving any credit to yourself now, but to say how God has used you. Oh, oh, this morning I just want us to just briefly look at Saul, who was later known as Paul. Let's talk a little about his life. You see, you see, Saul was very religious after he became Paul. Blameless according to the law of Moses. A Pharisee among Pharisees, very zealous for the faith of his fathers. Paul was rich. He had a rich heritage. He was a Jew among Jews, born in the tribe of Benjamin. Yeah, he was well educated. He trained at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the Israel's greatest teachers of the day. Oh, they tell me he was ambitious. He was advancing quickly up the ranks of the Pharisees and had ability, desire, and talent far above his peers. And yes, tell me he was full of bitterness and hatred. He hated anything and anyone who could be a threat to the things that he believed. Because you see, Saul was also Paul. And those who will cause trouble for his people, and those who opposed the teachings of the high priest and the law of Moses, he hated those who preached and taught heresy against the law that he had led Israel for so many years. Then Saul, Saul had set off on a mission, oh yes he had, to stop the spread of the gospel of God. And he was going to arrest or kill his followers. But God had other plans. Suddenly, suddenly they tell me, a blinding flash of light knocked him off his high horse. Oh, who's been knocked off your high horse? You see, God knows how to get your attention. Saul encountered the Lord Jesus Christ on that Damascus road and it changed his life forever. And I can certainly say amen to that. I know each salvation experience is different. But the end result is the same. A changed life.
So is Christ the center of your life? Is there anything in our lives that take priority over the Lord? Oh, come on, somebody. You see, once we've accepted Christ as our Savior, Romans 12 tells us to live a certain way. Oh, Ephesians 5 tells us, men, how to treat your wives a certain way. Yeah, Proverbs 22 tells us how to bring up our children to bring them up a certain way. 2 Timothy 2 tells us, don't stop there because you got to study. Study God's word. Then 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us, you got to learn how to pray. Keep your eyes on the Savior. I'm told, I'm told of this story. Uh, of a snow-covered ground. And three young boys were playing in it. And a man said to them, would you like to try to race? If, if you race, I promise you that there's a prize for the winner. And so the boys, you know how little boys are, they agreed. And so the man told them that this race was to be a little different. He said, I'm going to the other side of the field. And when I give you the signal, he says, I want all of you to start to run. He said, but now, this, this is what you got to pay attention to, boys. Boys, listen to me now. He said, the one whose footsteps are the straightest in the snow will be the winner. Oh, help me, God. And so as the race commenced, the first boy began to run, but he began to look down at his feet to see if his steps were straight. And tell me that a second boy, he was running, but he kept looking over at his friends to get their approval. But the third boy, tell me that the third boy just ran on with his eyes fixed on the man on the other side of the field. And so we know how the story ends, don't we? The third boy was the winner. You see, he was the winner because his footsteps were straight in the snow. Because he kept his eyes fixed on the goal that was ahead of him. Oh, where are your eyes fixed this morning? You've seen the light. You have been changed by the light. And all you need to do is to keep your eyes on the light of the world. Saul had only ever heard one voice before. He had heard the voice of religion and of the world. You know, sometimes, sometimes it, it just begins to frustrate me when people just won't listen to the voice of God. 
but they'll listen to the voice of the world. You see, they will believe what they read in the newspapers and they will, they will believe what they hear on social media. But they'll read God's word and they won't believe it. Paul now hears a different voice. He hears a voice with power and authority that shook him to the core of his soul. This same voice has spoken the world into existence. That's what Paul heard now. This same voice had called to Adam in the garden. Oh, this same voice has spoken judgment upon Satan, the serpent, and all of creation as a result of sin. This same voice has spoken to Moses on Mount Sinai and given the law. Oh, this same voice has spoken to Lazarus and raised him from the dead. This same voice had Raise a widow's son at name. This same voice, I tell you, had caused the soldiers to fall backward in the garden of Gethsemane. Oh, this same voice had cried out, it is finished. As he paid the price for redemption on the cross, this same voice, this same voice, out to us today. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The same voice speaks to each of you. This is my will for your life. Now do it. This same voice, church, will someday say to us, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. Oh, when the voice came from heaven, I'm told that Saul knew this was no ordinary voice. People say that God does not talk today, but I beg to differ. Because you see, he speaks to us through his word. How can you expect to hear his voice if you don't read his word? How can you hear him if you're not virtually listening to his word? If you cannot listen to it in a church. Oh, help me, God. You see, God did not call me to preach when I was on the Damascus Road, not even on what is now called Dickens Road, but it was on Highway 264, coming to Greenville from Riley Durham, and I preached right there in the car, all the way back, just me and God. And that's where he spoke directly to my heart. And later I was called out by a prophet from the back of the church, hiding as I thought I was in a corner, called me out. It was then I knew I couldn't run anymore. And I surrendered. I accepted my calling. You see, when God called me to preach, he showed me myself preaching his word. He, he, he couldn't have made it no clearer than Romans 10 and 15. When he said, and how shall they preach? Except they be sent, as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the peace, the gospel, and bring glad tidings of good things. 
Church, I tell you, he will reveal. God will reveal his plan for you, his will for your life, what he would have you to do for him. But you got to study his word and you got to hear his voice. It's our question today to the Lord. Lord, what will you have me to do? Don't let your past stop you from serving God. We can all find an excuse to use from our past. I was too bad. Lord, you know I'm a drunk. And Lord, I'm a thief. But look at who God used. Abraham was a liar, yet became the father of a great nation. Moses was a murderer, yet he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. David, oh, he was a sinner, yet he shows us how to truly repent. Peter was a denier, yet preaches an awesome message and sees 3,000 saved. Oh, God, help me. Paul was a persecutor, yet he wrote 14 books of the New Testament. Their past did not stop them. Did not stop them from allowing God to do what? To use them. God used them in a mighty way. Paul, Paul here is a prime example. He goes from persecuting the church to preaching to the church. God used him to take the gospel to the Gentiles. So you see, it doesn't matter, I tell you, what we've done in our past. God has forgiven us. So oh, God help me. Through Christ, he has. And he will use us. Oh, are you willing? Are you willing to hear God's call? Are you willing to put him first? Are you teachable? Do you think you know it all already? Are you Bible Institute awesome? Or are you receptive? Spend the time with him. Spend it with him. Study. Pray. Pray for God's guidance. Oftentimes God is speaking, but we, I tell you, we aren't listening. Oh, you got to have an ear to hear. Are you yielded? Are you willing to do his will no matter what the cost? If God calls you to do something, don't delay. Do it. If you had the cure for COVID-19, would you share with the people? If you, if you have the cure in your hand, would you let the people know? We have, church, we have in our hands the answer to eternal life. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, we have it right here in our hands. The answer to eternal life. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. Saul, Saul was instantly and eternally changed in the flash of light. Where he was threatening, he now found he was trembling. Where he was in control, now he was under God's control. Where he could see his future under his own control. Now he was blind to the world around him and blind to the future that lay before him. You see, for three days, <clears throat> for three days, Saul was blind. 
And that gave him time to focus on the things that God wanted him to do. It gave him time to think about his life, to repent and learn to depend on God's voice and leading in his life. Don't let God have to blind you. Don't let God have to blind you. But if that's what it takes, he will. You see, sometimes, sometimes God must lead us into a blind corner and take away our ability to do anything before we will stop long enough and listen close enough to hear his voice. This man, this man who had once persecuted Jesus became a great missionary and his life has touched the life of every man since that day. He is remembered, oh yes he is, for his writings and his church planting and his missionary journeys. What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want out of your Christian life? What legacy do you want to leave for your children? Will you walk in your own power and understanding? Will you fight battles in the flesh and try to use your own strength to change the world? Or will you be changed by the light? Hear God's voice and obey his call. Will you preach? Will you bear witness to the gospel and let Jesus change the world? You see, it's up to us. We must know that nothing of God dies when a man or woman of God dies. We die, but the promises of God live on. They bury us, but they don't bury God's promises with us. Your death cannot nullify God's faithfulness. Our God, I tell you, our God is the God of the future. He is the God of generations to come. So you must know that the greatest thing you can do is to pass your faith along to your children and your grandchildren. Abraham passed his faith to Isaac. Isaac gave it to Jacob. Jacob gave it to Joseph. And Joseph gave his faith to the whole nation of Israel. You see, the Christian faith is not a sprint and it's not really a marathon. It's a relay race. And I am a but just one member. Pastor Gwen is just one member of a team that stretches across the generations. You see, I have faith because someone passed that baton to me. They gave it to me. Someone gave it to the person who gave it to me. On and on the line goes, stretching back 2,000 years. I must make sure I pass my faith along to my own family. Not only that, I must do all I can to make sure that the faith I pass on to my immediate family is passed on to my church family. Ah, you see, I must not fail. The baton of faith must be passed on, church, to the next generation as the years quickly pass. I now understand that passing my faith along is the work of a lifetime. It's never finished no matter how old I get. <clears throat> You see, you see, you see, I realize <clears throat> that my number one job at this point is to make sure that I finish well. Oh, yeah, got to make sure, church, that you finish well. For, for you, your boys, if not your girls, they're grown up 
and possibly raising families of their own. And you owe it to them and to your grandchildren to leave them an example of what it means to finish well. You don't want to run the race and then stumble and fall as you're about to cross the finish line. You see, the saddest thing that can happen is to become bitter in your old age. We've all seen it happen to people we know. Sometimes we've seen it happen to people very close to us. As they grow old, they become bitter, they become angry and filled with resentment because life didn't turn out the way they thought it would. Abraham, Abraham had, had a promise from God, but he never saw it completely fulfilled. Oh, you got to know that Isaac, Isaac had the same promise, but he died without seeing it fulfilled. Jacob, Jacob had the same promise and he died in Egypt. Joseph had the same promise, but he died in Egypt too. If ever anyone had the right to become bitter, it was these three men, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, because they lived and died with a promise unfulfilled. But to their credit, they never gave up hope. You can't give up, no matter what it looks like. They, they never became bitter because they didn't see everything God promised come to pass before they died. You may not see the promise fulfilled, but it's okay. You see, the happiest way to live is to realize that God's work is bigger than you are. I may live for 70 or 80 years and never see all that I dream of GVCC come to pass. I may pray for things, yeah, that may not come to pass. I may trust God for things that do not appear. I may struggle against great difficulty for many years. The way may be hard. The road steep. The path lonely. Oh, it gets lonely sometimes out here. And I may climb and climb and still never reach the summit of all that I set out to do. It may not be given to me to see everything I, I would like to see. But it is given to me. Church is given to me. To live faithfully day after day so that after I am gone, others may stand on my shoulders and see things I never saw. What if as of this very moment, we would all take this goal upon us, a goal of greatness, and we would envision that to have dreams so big that they can't possibly be fulfilled in our lifetime. Come on, somebody. You see, God's plans are bigger than ours. And your part is to live for God and to pass your faith along to your children and then to your grandchildren. You must live so that those things for which you are praying and those things which you dream about may happen someday after you are gone. Psalms 105 remind us that his faithfulness continues through all 
generations. Oh, help me, God, to preach this word. Suppose we line up a grandfather. We line up a son, a grandson, and a great-grandson on our platform. Oh, this text tells us his faithfulness continues through all generations. This text tells us that what God was to the grandfather, he will be to the son. What he is to the son, he will be to the grandson. What he is to the grandson, he will be to the great-grandson. And so it goes across the centuries. Generations come and go. One after the other. But only God. Only God remains forever. So this is our hope at the edge of death. This is why we rejoice as we bury our dead. I'm not saying that you don't sorrow. But you rejoice in the midst of the sorrow. We need not fear death. Because a Christian is immortal until his work on earth is done. You cannot die and you will not die until God's appointed time for you finally arrives. Until then, you are immortal. And I don't know, I don't know how far we have to go until we reach the end of our earthly road. But this church, I do know, that road is paved with God's love and faithfulness. Therefore, we need not be afraid. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad, aren't you? That God's faithfulness transcends the generations. Oh, where would you and I be had it not transcended the generations? You know, I'm 62 years of old. Heading for, what, 65, 70, 75, maybe 80, even 90 years old. If God blesses me with a long life. But I do know I won't live forever. As the years roll by, I find myself realizing. How much of my life is wrapped up in my nieces and my nephews. Yesterday they were teenagers. Today they are young men and young women. And tomorrow they will be grandmothers and grandfathers. Will God still care for them? What about the children and the grandchildren? Will God still be there for them? The answer is yes. Yes, he will. Because we serve a transgenerational God. That means I don't have to stay alive to ensure that they will be okay. God will see to that. And after I'm gone from this earth, and even if all my prayers have not been answered, I can trust God to take care of my family. What a comfort that is. I do my best. I do my best to help while I'm here. But after I'm gone, God's faithfulness will continue for them and for their children, and their grandchildren, and even for their great-grandchildren. 
You see, you see, you got to know. We are just links to the great chain of God's purposes. When we show up, God looks us up with, he hooks us up. He hooks us up with what comes before and what comes after. God, God hooks us up. And you see, Joseph, Joseph knew this. We all have a role to play in the unfolding of God's eternal plan. No matter what has happened to you, even the parts you still don't understand, you must know God meant it all for your good. Now let's be, let's be clear about what this means for us. You see, we need not fear death because we know that death is not the end but the beginning for the children of God. My brothers and sisters, we're going to make it. Oh, yes, we are. We're going to make it. God has already willed it so. How do you want to be remembered? There are those who want to be remembered as men of power. Some want to be remembered as famous entertainers. Some want to be remembered as great businessmen. Some want to be remembered as great athletes. But no matter how well known you may become in any of those fields, ultimately, your name will be written in water. Remember the words of St. John. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You see, only those, only those who do the will of God will be remembered forever. David said, the righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. How, how, how do you want to be remembered? Whenever other people think of us, we should hope that we have lived our lives in such a way that people will bow their heads for a moment and offer a prayer of thanksgiving for the blessing that we have been to their lives. That they will remember us with thanksgiving if we have shared in the fellowship of the gospel. You see, you gotta live, church. You got to live to live again. How do you want to be remembered? The doors of the church are now open. Throughout this world, 
The call is still going out. Poor sinner, come home. If this is you, then repent right where you are. Repent right where you are. And pray this prayer with me. Lord, I know that I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, save me. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. Lord, I want to live a gospel-filled life that I might be remembered. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you're saved. GVCC welcomes you. Become a virtual member. Join us on Thursday nights. Facebook Live, Greater Vision Christian Church, where we study the Word of God at 7 o'clock p.m. Join us. Join us. We desire that none be lost under our watch.